Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello there. Sorry, it's a What beautiful flowers. Gorgeous. And I'm just speaking to people today. Obviously, there's a by-election in a couple of weeks. Oh, I don't understand any of that. I don't get it. What? I don't understand anything, so I couldn't give a comment on anything. What are you thinking about the by-election? Rubbish. Never vote because the government always get in. Hi, sorry to bother you. I'm Daryl from the Stories of Our Times podcast from the Times. Yeah. We're just spending a bit of time here with the, there's a by-election coming up. I guess you've... Do you know about the by-election? No, no. You don't know anything about it? No. No? No. You haven't seen it on the news or anything? No, no. Like it or lump it, Rochdale, a by-election is coming. And the ballot, the campaign, and the context is confusing. Who should Labour supporters vote for in Rochdale, then? The voters in Rochdale will have to determine who they vote for, but I'm not prepared to put forward a Labour candidate unless I think that candidate is fit to be a Labour MP. Would you believe Rochdale has no official Labour candidate to choose from? But there are three former ones. A county councillor accused of anti-Semitism only a fortnight ago. A former Labour MP who left the party after sexting a 17-year-old. And an even more former Labour MP kicked out of the party, but best remembered for pretending to be a cat drinking milk out of the hands of Rulenska on Celebrity Big Brother in 2006. What is happening? Daryl Morris has been and will explain... You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today, Gaza, Galloway and no Labour candidate. A by-election circus in Rochdale. I'm Daryl Morris. I am a presenter on Times Radio. Where is Rochdale? Rochdale is in the north of England. It's a very good question. Mm. It is a former mill town, nestled north of Manchester, bordering Bury, Oldham, one of those kind of belt of Manchester red wall towns. Mm. So Tony Lloyd was the MP there. Cyril Smith, previously an MP there, of course, yeah. latterly a controversial character, somewhat disgraced after death, but it has a very rich history of Liberal MPs and latterly Labour MPs. Yes. 
And you went there uh, recently. What did you make of it, the part that you saw? When I arrived in Rochdale, I, you, you sort of drive under this big blue bridge and it's a bit faded and a bit rusting at the corners, at the edges, but splashed in white paint, it says Rochdale, the birthplace of cooperation. And of course, the co-op movement was established in Rochdale. So it's somewhere that has a very rich political history. The suffragette movement also had a very strong presence out of Manchester in general, the north of England in general, but Rochdale in particular. So it's somewhere that knows politics. It knows radical politics. Mm. It's kind of, you know, it's been at the centre of the political story of the last century or two in Britain. And it kind of finds itself there again. Well, quite. Did you get the sense walking around that by-election fever had, had taken over the town? Definitely not. <laughs> it's always not. the way, isn't it? What do you think about the by-election? What by-election? Exactly. You yeah. know, it was, I think also just given how big a story this has been mm. and how the twists and the turns of it have played out in the news and the newspapers, it was extraordinary the amount of people who said, hang on, sorry, what? what, which, what by-election, what? I find it really difficult to believe that people weren't following the internet like we are. I think that speaks to something bigger, doesn't it? This sort of idea that people have largely switched off, that people are getting on with their lives, trying to, you know, figure out how to make ends meet, and the the day-to-day rumblings of politics that we all love to get really obsessed about just aren't featuring day-to-day in people's lives. And remind us where Rochdale actually falls politically, usually. I mean, what was the picture in the last election it had? It's been safe Labour for a while, but for how long? Yeah, so so Rochdale has been a safe Labour seat for some years now. Labour took the seat in that huge 1997 Tony Blair victory. It bounced back to the Lib Dems in 2005 before Simon Danchuk took the seat for Labour in 2010. And since then, it's been a pretty solid Labour seat. In that that sort of uh, 2019 crumbling of the Red Wall, the Labour Party retained Rochdale. Interesting. So when you you got there, um, who did you see? Hi, Matt. (laughs) You're on the top of Yorkshire Street. Oh, that was, that's what that's this is. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. There isn't a road sign for that, is there, Yorkshire Street? Yeah, it's at the bottom. That's oh, this, the bottom, this, this is the main high street. This is the main high street in Rochester? Yeah. Oh, right. So I met Matt Baker. Matt used to work for the former Labour MP, Simon Danchuk. Simon Danchuk was expelled from the Labour Party after sending explicit messages to a 17-year-old. He's standing again, actually. He's back on the ballot. He's standing for Reform UK this time. Matt was his constituency caseworker. So Matt was the guy who rolled his sleeves up and dealt with the cases that came to the MP. So he has been right on the front line of politics in Rochdale for about a decade. So you're in Rochdale, Matt's showing you around. What what kind of thing do you see? So just explain, where are we? We're in Failinge Flats in Rochdale. Why have you brought me here? I just wanted you to see them. It's historically quite a deprived part of Rochdale. Um... So he took me to a housing estate that he described as one of the sort of benefits capitals of Britain in that small area, that little, about three or four blocks of houses, there were well, the highest proportions of benefits claimants in the country. Gosh. There's a lot of people on benefits, there's high unemployment, it's quite, probably quite a difficult cycle to break people out of, um, and there's a lot of deprivation. One thing that I did notice as we pulled in, there was a block of flats that had 
no shops underneath them, just sort of empty units, apart from a bookmaker's. Okay. A betting shop. Did you have a flutter? I, well, I, I did want to check the price of the candidates and the oh, selection. yes. <laughs> I was keen to know what the, the numbers were on yeah. the runners and riders. But that was a really striking image to me, that in that block of flats, all of the retail shops there had fallen away apart from the betting shop. Who did you meet there? Hiya. Hi, sorry to bother you. I'm Daryl from the Stories of Our Times podcast from the Times. Yeah. We're just spending a bit of time here with the, there's a by-election coming up, I guess you've... We met you know Jose, and Jose was on his way back from work. And as you do in these sort of situations, I wanted to find out what life was like for him. I wanted to know, you know, how he found living in what was once previously the benefits capital of yes. Britain. Before, this is a bad place. So now it's a very nice. It's, a, it's just no problem at all. So it's got better here? Yeah, very better. I like it. Safe? Yeah, safe. Yeah, safe. safe. It's no problem in here. Mm. I never see anything near. And he had a really positive story to tell, actually. Yeah, it's better. Before, it's a very bad place. Um, 2005, 7, 8, uh, 10, 2010. So after that, nice place. Why, why was it a bad place? Say again? Why was it a bad place? Bad place because there's many poor people, drugs... Yeah, um, prostitutes, everything there. So at the moment is okay because people's moving for another area. So now it's okay. And there was another thing that we observed as well, that Matt observed, that it was really quiet. I mean, he'd taken me there because he thought that I'd be able to speak to some people, right? Mm. And it was very quiet. There were very, very few people there. I mean, normally there's more people around. Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, that's probably a good sign because you know what that possibly means? They're working. They're working. <laughs> yeah. So... Still, though, even if in work, poverty is quite an issue still in the area. Yeah, poverty is a real issue in Rochdale. Matt told me this stat that really stood out to me, that in Hebden Bridge, about 15 miles away, you can expect to live five years longer than if you live in Rochdale. So for every couple of miles out of Rochdale you travel, you gain a year in life. Wow. And for all these issues, which I guess could be a similar situation in many other towns around the country. Rochdale particularly has a bad reputation nationally, doesn't it? Especially politically, thinking about former MP Cyril Smith, who we now know is abusing children, or um, Simon Danchuk, the former Labour MP, who had a lot of drama around expenses and other things, um, and the great scandal of the grooming gangs, who were abusing children on an enormous scale. Remind us what happened especially with that. Yeah, so in the early 2010s, it came to light that there had been widespread grooming of young girls in Rochdale, largely at the hands of groups of Asian men. Mm. They, they build the trust first, um, like, the first kind of time I got took into a taxi. Nothing happened, they just took me home, and that was... That, to me, kind of was like, you know, they're, they're looking after me, they're trying to keep me safe. So when did you start thinking that the relationship wasn't like every other relationship and actually you were now the subject of, of abuse and sexual abuse? Um, when I was 15 and I was raped, I didn't really understand what had happened and I was speaking to my sexual health worker at the time and she and kind of what I'd said to her, she, she said back to me, you know, you need to kind of think of... What you've just described to me um, is, is not right. Now, this was a story that 
people will be familiar with probably and was kind of replicated in other places. I mean, Yorkshire has also had stories along this theme. And it was a really tense, difficult moment for Rochdale. And a girl, now known as Girl A, came forward, told her story, explained what had happened. And from there, a fight for justice ensued. But of course, it is impossible to ignore the fact that this is a story that for many people fell along community lines. Mm. A huge amount of work was done in Rochdale and beyond to try not to make this a point of division. One thing that's worth saying, by the way, is that there were riots in Oldham in 2011, famously so. And they didn't spill into Rochdale next door. Matt makes that point. He says, actually, Rochdale has done a lot on community cohesion. And this has been raked over quite a bit and many people asking questions about you know, whether the police could have done more and the rest of it. But is, is it still an issue which hangs over the community is even a live question in this election? Yes and no. It's probably not the dominant issue in this election. I mean, we're 10 years on from the story itself. I mean, it is, however, literally on the ballot. Hmm. There is a candidate called Billy Howarth. He has his own experience of sexual abuse. He sets up and runs an organisation called Parents Against Grooming, and he's running to be the MP under that banner as well. Even though it might not be front of people's minds, a by-election is afoot. Uh, there are candidates standing, and there's been drama left, right, and centre on who isn't and who is and who isn't. Explain for us first the situation with Azar Ali, who was the Labour candidate. I'm proud and humble to be selected as the parliamentary candidate here in Rochdale uh, with the support of so many members. The battle now starts and we're going to go out there and knock on every single... Azar Ali, yes, he was the Labour candidate. Actually, somebody who spent a long time in the Labour Party has been quite senior in local politics in the North. He was very senior at Lancashire County Council's Labour Party, for example. He became the Rochdale candidate and then just after the cut-off period for changing your candidate mm. passed. Reports this morning that the Labour candidate for the Rochdale by-election, Azar Ali, has claimed that Israel knew about the attack on October the 7th and let it happen. They deliberately, I believe that, and I'll say it, I've said it publicly, they deliberately took the security off, yeah. they allowed the massacre, and here's a massacre of yes. 1,200 yeah. innocent people, right? They allowed that massacre, and that gives them... That gives them the uh, green light to do whatever they bloody want. Azar Ali, it seems, had endorsed a conspiracy theory about Israel. The comments were completely wrong and they in no way represent the views of the Labour Party. What Councillor Ali has also said is that he apologises unreservedly. Should he still be a Labour candidate? Well, he's given a full apology and a full retraction those comments were completely wrong and they certainly don't represent the Labour Party. The Labour Party, after a couple of days of dither and apparently a further tape emerging, decided to withdraw support from Azar Ali. Further information came to light yesterday calling for decisive action. So I took decisive action. It is a huge thing to withdraw support for a Labour candidate during the course of a by-election so he is technically the Labour candidate. When the people of Rochdale go into a ballot box, they will see his name and the word Labour Party and that rose mm. all together in that box. But the Labour Party are not endorsing Azar Ali. 
I mean, it's crazy. The Labour Party withdrew support from Azar Ali. Simon Danchuk is back in the mix. Former Labour MP expelled from the Labour Party himself. Back on the ticket, standing for Reform UK. And even the Green Party have distanced themselves from their official candidate and endorsed an independent. It's remarkable. And also George Galloway, blast from the past, frisses he on the ballot. Indeed. Former Labour MP expelled from the Labour Party, George Galloway, stand in as well. I am the candidate best placed to bridge the gap or gaps between the different communities here in Rochdale for obvious reasons. I have mass support amongst the Muslim population. I'm also white, British and working class and the leader of the Workers' Party. So George Galloway has targeted Rochdale. He's had a couple of runs, actually, in the last couple of years. Batley and Spen, most recently, when, of course, he went up against Joe Cox's sister in a by-election there, Kim Lebetta. And he lost that. It was relatively narrow. But he's back, and he's back in Rochdale. It's really interesting. The George Galloway posters that you see knocking around the place have a picture of George, his name, and behind them, the flag of Palestine, the Palestinian flag. He has married himself to this issue. He's put Gaza front and centre in a town that has a large Muslim population, about 30%, and he is really trading on that as being the central issue of his ticket. In our thousands, in our millions, we are all Palestinians. In our thousands, in our millions, we are all Palestinians. Long live Palestine, long live Rochdale, and may all of you continue this fight in every way that you can, on every protest, in every ballot box. Coming up, how much is Gaza actually factoring in this by-election in Rochdale? That's in a moment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dal, you've taken us to Rochdale as we eagerly await what is going to be happening in in the by-election there. And George Galloway has a bit of steam behind him, oddly because of the situation in Gaza and what the Labour Party or government's response to it should be. Why is that? Why is a war thousands of miles away having an impact on politics in Rochdale? Yeah, that's a really good question and something I was really keen to try to understand myself. And I think the best way that I can explain it is a thread that links one family, the Sheikh family, in Rochdale to Gaza. 
Ah, hey. How, are you? How you doing? Come on in. Good to see you. All right. Thanks. So I went to meet Nasser and got him to tell me the story of his brother. This is a difficult story because um, I lost my brother in 2011 at the age of 32. He worked for the International Committee of Red Cross. He'd been working in prosthetics and orthotics for a number of years. Curran was a prosthetics expert. He went around the world working for the Red Cross, helping them to set up hospitals and medical facilities that would help children, particularly in war-torn areas, who'd lost their limbs. Curran was working in Gaza and was incredibly passionate about helping children in Gaza. We saw many photographs, many images of what he was doing, and he was making a difference. In 2011, whilst away on holiday, Curran was murdered. He actually lost his life uh, being murdered abroad when he was on holiday. Uh, but what I can say is the people of Gaza absolutely loved him. He was, a, he was a blessing and a breath of fresh air. He created a rehabilitation room for the young kids, you know, those who were actually on prosthesis. And he created a rehab room and blessed our um, mayor of Gaza that after he had got murdered, they created a room with the plaque that now stated the clinical suite for uh, Karim Sheikh. And the rehabilitation room was named after him. Um, unfortunately, that hospital's no longer there. The mayor of Gaza had unveiled a plaque to him. In fact, they named one of the units at the hospital after Kurram, Kurram Sheikh. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, in the month since the 7th of October, it's come to the Sheikh family's attention that this hospital is no longer functioning. It's a hospital in Gaza City. Most of them are no longer functioning. And so for them, that struck hard, I think. So the hospital that has the room named, dedicated to your brother, is gone? It's gone. Yeah, yeah. How did, how did that feel? Tough, tough. Um, everything that my brother lived for, everything that he worked for, everything that he believed in is gone. And is that having an effect on their vote? Definitely. That's massively having an effect on the vote. NASA is actively now supporting George Galloway. He has told me that this is front and centre of his thinking when it comes to the Rochdale by-election. I asked him, you know, several times, surely this is a, an election for a member of parliament to represent Rochdale. Does peace in Gaza... Does it have to go through Rochdale? And he basically said yes. I think it's this connection between what he believes in and what he can do that can make a change. And that, may, that change may come, it may not. But for me, I feel that the community is taking each step at a time. He feels as though there is an opportunity to send a message, to say something, to have his voice heard. Mm. And for him... That runs through George Galloway. That's one interesting, relatively extreme example of why a voter in Rochdale might have Gaza in their mind when casting their vote in this by-election. We know that the situation has 
ploughed through Westminster politics of late. I mean, just look at the hoo-ha in the Commons last week over the vote and the fury around the way in which the Speaker handled it. But what about the broader Muslim vote in Rochdale? You said it's around 30% of the electorate. Mm. How large do we know does the issue of Gaza loom for those Muslim voters generally? It's a, it's a really interesting question. It seems to me that when I ask people who they're going to vote for, it's front and centre. It is the thing that is driving them to the ballot box. And when it comes to putting their cross next to a person's name, it's the thing that they're going to vote on. The, the, the Muslim population, if we're going to paint in broad brushes here, very often vote Labour. I've sp- spoken to a lot of people, though, who have told me that they would ordinarily have supported the Labour Party at this prior election in Rochdale, but that the emergence of George Galloway spoke to them, and so they have switched allegiance. There was a, a surveyation poll a couple of weeks ago that showed that uh, 60% of Muslim voters expressing a preference were going to vote Labour. This is across the country. Yeah. Um, down from 86% that had their support of Labour recorded in 2019. Mm. So what you see there is a a sort of drift already of Muslim voters away from Labour around the issue of Gaza, not enough to perhaps blow Labour off course for a majority under current polling, but enough to be a bit of a problem for them. It's certainly occupying the minds of those in Labour HQ. Throw George Galloway into the mix. Mm. Throw also into the mix that there is no, technically no Labour candidate on the ballot. And it becomes a whole different story in Rochdale. And yet, there are so many other issues that we know nationally are on people's minds when they're voting at the moment. I mean, how, how strong are they in Rochdale? Massively strong. What was also really interesting was, you know, almost everybody that I spoke to referenced the cost of living crisis. Yes. Almost everybody that I spoke to talked about all of these kind of social changes that we've all seen and that we've all experienced. I actually went to Milkstone Road which is a really busy shopping area. It's kind of a main street, a main drag in Rochdale. And it's home to a lot of the Muslim community in Rochdale. There are a lot of Palestinian flags, quite a few George Galloway posters. Interestingly, though, when I stopped to speak to people, all of whom were incredibly friendly, so really very keen to talk to me, actually, Mm. almost every single one of them talked chiefly about the cost of living. Have Have you thought about it? Who are you going to vote for? To be honest, no idea yet. You don't know? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. What, what are you thinking? What's, what's, in your, what's in your decision making? There was one woman I spoke to who was just worried about making ends meet. Like this shopping I did is nearly £50. You've just got some shopping here Yeah, now. it's only a few things and about it, only £50. <laughs> That's a lot of money. I mean, you've only, yeah. got, you've only got two bags. Yeah, only two bags. And, and so is that is that in your decision making when it comes to Thursday? Are you thinking about the cost of living as an yeah, issue that you're going to vote Yeah, cost of living, for? I'm just thinking who will be... Who to vote? I haven't done my research yet. I will think this time who to vote. Uh, cost of living and the working people like should be more help, should provide more help for them. There was another guy that I spoke to whose bills had shot up. I used to pay electric gas just to £135 a month. Now I pay £500 a month. So it is a big difference. Wow, that's huge. It is huge difference, yeah. So it is get hard. It's it is hard for to survive, especially like with this situation, because it's it's not easy. There's a fascinating divergence when I spoke to people between the reason that they are going to vote and the top issues for them in their lives. Right, 
as I say, a lot of them talk about the cost of living and energy bills. And then when it comes to who they're going to put their cross by, Gaza is the big motivating factor, an interesting sort of divergence on those two things. Mm. And by the way, a lot of them say, we know that we're not voting in this by-election for local issues. We know that the candidate isn't talking about, you know, what's going on on the high street. We understand what we're doing with our vote here, but we feel so strongly about it that we just feel like we have to. Which makes for quite a wild by-election then, not in just the respect that you've got these two issues clashing together, but you've got such a eclectic gallery of personalities standing as well. It's, I mean, it seems quite wild, the whole thing. Very wild. We often talk about a disconnect between politicians in the real world. I sometimes push back against that. I think there are a lot of politicians, probably majority of politicians, who do know what it feels like to be in the real world. I think sometimes it can be a bit of a caricature of the politics and people mismatch. But something's going on in Rochdale. And it feels like the conversation that this, that's being had in this by-election is so different to the day-to-day life that people are living. And of course, this is, these are extraordinary circumstances. I mean, you know, it's not every by-election that you have, yeah. you know, a former candidate returns, yeah. three, three people on the, on the list have been, you know, expelled by the Labour Party, the Green Some Party. Some by-elections are really boring. They are this quite is not boring, that. exactly. <laughs> it is extraordinary, this, there's no doubt about it. But... It just feels so stark to me that the conversation that's being had about this by-election is just so removed from the daily life of people in Rochdale. It's this brilliant little town. It's a plucky town in the north of England. It's got this incredibly rich political history. As I said, the cooperative movement, the Mm. suffragette movement, radical political history, progress, people working together... It runs through Rochdale into British politics. And now you have division, bitter arguments, this kind of mess unfolding in this by-election. And it feels like that disconnect between the by-election, the politics of Rochdale and the people of Rochdale is very real. You have been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Luke Jones, and my guest, Times Radio presenter Daryl Morris. You can catch Daryl live from The Count this Thursday from 10pm and also into Friday morning as well. The rest of the time you can hear him on Times Radio on Saturday and Sunday, 10pm till 1am. A full list of candidates for the Rochdale by-election can be found on the link in our description notes. This episode was produced by Taryn Siegel. The executive producers were Kate Ford and Fiona Leach. And sound design was by Mao Lissetto. If you have a suggestion for a story that we should be covering, maybe you have thoughts or views on what you've heard in this episode... Get in touch with us. Stories of our times at thetimes.co.uk is how you can email us. Goodbye.